Welcome to Gem Girls, the 80s cartoon podcast, where we are watching, discussing, and talking a lot of shit about Gem and the Holograms. And maybe your other favorite retro cartoons. Who knows? Let's see where this goes. I'm Hakuna Matitis. And I am Orifus Jones. And today we are discussing Gem, Season 1, Episode 8, Starbright, Part 3, Rising Star. Uh, <laughs> what a mouthful. Uh, otherwise known as the final arc of the Bonnie Eyeball Saga. Uh, this episode was written by Christy Marks, and according to her gemliness, this is the one. When Kimber's life is threatened by an accident on the movie set, Jem and the Holograms finally abandon their movie to the Misfits. Jem, with the help of all her friends, decides to make her own movie in a desperate race against time to save Bonnie's eyesight. Uh, wow. Yeah, very dramatic, and, you know... As the script does show, Bonnie is spelled B-A-N-E-E. Uh, so confirmation from her gemliness himself, herself. Mm-hmm. Do you think that she like consulted, I don't know, some sort of Vietnamese name dictionary or whatever, wherever mm-hmm. Bonnie is from? Yeah, I think she, uh, isn't she Vietnamese? I think so. I think do you so. Think, do you think Christy Marks like you know, really, like, scoped the scene, tried to see if that was an actual name, or it was just, like, this sounds beautiful. <laughs> I, I hope, I hope she did a little research for it. I don't know the answer. Maybe she knows a Vietnamese person, and their name is Bonnie, or, like, their aunt's name is Bonnie. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking, like, how would they even do research about, like, random shit like this back in the 80s? You actually had to, like, go to the library and read a book. Yeah, I I was just going to say, like, they wouldn't be able to, like, Google, like, most popular baby names in Vietnam, you know? Uh, (laughs) And I I had the same dilemma in my head, like, how would you even find that out? Like, talk to some Vietnamese people you don't know? Right, exactly. I don't know. Maybe they had like a cultural sensitivity person on their board. On this show, the come board on now. Of, uh, <laughs> yeah, all right, buddy. This show's done on a budget, and they don't have like a diversity <laughs> department going on. Although there is a lot of diversity, but I doubt there's a department for it. Yeah, there's. They're just like fuck it, like you know, try to be as diverse as possible. Which they do do. Because yeah, it's just like not they. Not the always executed in the most nuanced manner, I would say. Yeah, it's often pretty ignorant, but I guess they're trying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you gotta, you gotta get some cred. Um, but anyway, into the episode itself. Uh, you know, we start off as we often do with the little girl recap. Uh, <laughs> going in with you know the LGRC. Yeah, you know, uh, my little girl. <laughs> little girl in the house. <laughs> <laughs> she's good though I love it I love it every time I always listen for it because I think it's so intense uh, yeah she reads the fuck out of that script. <laughs> yeah and quickly um, so they need some money for the operation Bonnie's gonna lose her eyeballs uh, <laughs> the movie is gonna be on Eric's terms because he like ga- gained control of it uh, Jem almost uh, died but thanks to Rio she got saved and uh, Roxy got on a jealous rage. That's uh, kind of what I took away from that little girl recap. Yeah, and in her jealous rage, she set off a number of explosions, kind of 
trapping Kimber um, and like scaring her and like almost blowing her up. Yeah, dude, it's not like even it's not scaring her. It's like she's legit trapped in like what is essentially a minefield that is actively going off. Explosions everywhere. Yeah. And um like in this whole like horrific hellish scene, Jeff rides a motorcycle, Jeff being the stuntman who's super into Kimber. Right, right. Um, rides a motorcycle to save her, but they kind of like fly off of the motorcycle at one point for some reason, and then the motorcycle explodes. It was my favorite thing <laughs> when the motorcycle explodes. Because the whole thing's pretty fucking intense. It's like all, uh, the explosions have very had pretty strong anime vibes, and there's explosions, and Kimber's like, I don't know, seizing up in fear. Jeff like comes in with those sick bike skills and he totally saves her. And then yeah, they jump off the bike and it veers away and then explodes for no reason. It's so good. <laughs> yep. Uh the show and explosions. Yeah, yeah. They're like it was like <laughs> it was just like explosions are already happening everywhere in the scene. And they just had to like, you know, put the cherry on top at the end, like, you know what? The bike should explode too. <laughs> And, um, yeah, of course, they go through with that genius idea for added drama. Of course. And then, basically, Jeff, like, scoops Kimber up and, like, runs off with her. Dude, dude, I I also have to say, um, I didn't have much of an opinion on Jeff in the previous episodes. You know, he had uh, some spicy one-liners that were fun, but I didn't really care for him. But I gotta say, Nick stepped up his game. In this episode, he pulled off the daring rescue. He carries her off to the nurse. Uh, I would melt in my arms for if anyone did, did that for me. Like, Jeff, full support. Yeah, yeah. Jeff is great, and I kind of feel bad for him because Kimber treated him like trash for the majority of them knowing each other, and yet he's just so obsessed with her that he would do this for her anyway. Yeah, yeah. It was just, like, great moments all around. Uh, and so Kimber's being taken to the the nurse, the nursery. Uh, not quite. Nursery. That's not what you call it. <laughs> yeah. um, well, she is a young Yeah, she's a girl. juvenile. <laughs> She's like 16, I don't know. She's, that's the age of consent, know. dude. 16 is the age of consent. She's good to go. Uh, well, how old is Jeff? Uh, that's a good I question. I hope he's her age. Mm, I hope he's he, her age. he could be young. He's a stunt guy, so like I, I imagine they're generally young. But maybe he could be like 24. Would that be creepy? That would be hella 16 creepy. 16 and 24. <laughs> pretty, pretty fucking pretty creepy. Pretty creepy. We do not <laughs> condone that at General's Podcast. <laughs> Officially, on the record, we do not. So Jeff, you better be like 19 max. Yeah, but, like, preferably younger than that. Yeah, ideally ideally 16. Maybe even, like, 14. Like, a hot 14-year-old. <laughs> 14? There's no way he's 14. Of, no, of like course not. Of, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> um, but in any case, um, in the meantime, Nick is standing there um, as Jeff is, like, carrying uh, Kimber off. And Nick is, like, the wimpy hunk who's the star of this movie who's like also yeah a complete little bitch oh such a little um, bitch and he says like nice stunt jeff it'll make me look great like uh what an asshole yeah what a dick but aja has like the best one-liner ever she i don't know she hands something to her or says something and she just like stick your fat head into that hero in that like mild asian <laughs> accent that she has now uh it was just a great line for aja <laughs> Yeah, she basically calls him out for being a pussy. Exactly, exactly. Which needed to happen because he's the worst. Yeah, and no one else was doing it. No. Um, so 
like after all of this is happening, everyone is obviously in shock and like kind of grouped together talking about it, like mildly freaking out probably, probably. And then Eric just like walks up to them and is like, all right, all right, time is money and we're wasting both. I know, I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> like every time Eric comes in when there's like trauma, he's like, hey, people, we gotta work. Let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> yeah, it's like, again, one of them almost died. Like, <laughs> uh, like lack of compassion is or humanity is truly remarkable. Remarkable, astounding, terrifying. Um... And so while this is, like, kind of happening, Jerrica transforms into Jem. And I also want to comment, I, I might have said this last episode, I just want to make sure I get on the public record, uh, that I do like uh, Jerrica's, like, sweater vest, executive assistant, slash, like, Eric's little bitch outfit. Uh, I think it's cute. I, 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 I do like that, too. Yeah, I, yeah. I noticed that and was like, you know, this is a very basic, like, kind of preppy, boring white girl outfit, but actually, I like this. Yeah. This it, is one of her good outfits. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, so she changes back to Jim um, and to basically yell at Eric. And it's actually a pretty good moment for Jim because she actually, like, kind of gives it to uh, to um, to Eric, like, pointing out, like, all this bullshit. But I was, like, as it was happening, I was thinking, like, why would she change back, change into Jim for this conversation? Because she's basically reaming into Eric to say how, you know, you put this girl in danger, you're a monster, da 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 Wouldn't it be a little bit more impactful and forceful if it was coming from, like, Kimber's sister? If she was as Jerrica? Because Jem is just, like, a friend and bandmate to, uh, to Kimber. Yes, but I also think the fact that um, Jem herself was almost killed on set, like, gave her that extra, like, uh... Like, she kind of lorded over him the fact that she's such a good person by saying, you know, I can risk killing myself, but, like, I would not risk that for any of my friends. Right, 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 right. I didn't necessarily factor in the I was also almost killed element to her justification. Uh, I guess that does, that's a little bit, that's, that's better than a sister being like, yo, you almost killed my sister, like, fuck off. Yeah, because, like... It was Jem who was, even in spite of almost being killed, she was the one who was like, oh no, I still need to do this movie. I still want to be here. Right. If Jerrica right. had come in and been like, like Jerrica, it would have been Jerrica's job to like say that at the time, which is also weird that she didn't like transform back into herself and call Eric out. I don't know. But anyways, while um, Jem slash Jerrica cares about Kimber and all the manslaughter going on pizzazz gives no fucks uh and basically <laughs> it's just like yo they can't prove anything like i didn't do that but she's like you know trying to defend roxy because everyone's saying how like roxy caused uh, the entire accident um and i i also like really really liked how she's like oh it wasn't me like it was that fucking bitch clash and everyone kind of gives a shitty look to clash because you know she was complicit in this violent act and she's the worst well okay so first it was uh Jem who blamed Roxy, who then blames Eric, who then blamed the technicians. Right, right. And then the technician is like like blazes <laughs> which I loved because I've never heard that old timey expression. Or I have, but like who says that? Right. And then um he was like, it was the girl with the symbols. 
Clash. Clash. And then her fuck yeah, and thank you for explaining, Jocelyn, because then at that moment, she's like, what? Like, symbols? And she accidentally, like, you know, hits her <laughs> fucking arm bracelet symbols, and, you know, obviously it calls her out. I'm like, yes, like, fuck you and those weird things that you wear. They're awful. This is a really good <laughs> example of why you should take those off. Right. They're super annoying and jarring, even for you. Yeah, and incriminating. Right. <laughs> Um, so anyway, at this point, Jem quits, um, like we said, because she refuses to risk her friends' lives, even though she's fine risking her own life, which right. is ridiculous. It's ridiculous, but it's still a, a good, real boss moment from Jem. We rarely see them, and I gotta give her props. Yeah. Um, she finally put her foot down. Enough was enough. Um, and it kind of sets out, sets off this domino effect where like everyone starts quitting, including the crew. Um, but the only person who stays is that shit talking makeup artist. I know. Jem for some reason. I love her though. Georgia. Her name's Georgia. Yeah. And Georgia's kind of like, oh, she's just like spouting off again. She's yeah, just, exactly. Like, being a little drama queen, whatever. And then Eric is like, well, goodbye. Like you can all be replaced then. Like, don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. Uh, but uh, don't forget Rio's exceptional uh, quit experience where he basically, you know, as he does, tries to, like, he does throw Eric down. Like, he straight up, like, grabs him and throws him. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. very true. Um, yeah. He loves, they love to throw each other and, like, ugh, it's just, get it over with. I know, fuck. I know, I know, I know. That There is a lot of tension there of the sexual nature. Yeah. And then, um... What happens after? So yeah, everyone's fucking leaving. Miguel quits. Most of the crew quits. I'm actually not sure if it's Miguel. It's just like another, like, I think Mexican guy who works in the movie. Um, <laughs> well, l l look back and you let me know if it's Miguel or not. Uh, um, I really can't tell. It. I was I was addressing that point. one to our faithful listener, who is, of course, dutifully watching Jem w with each episode and then going back to watch it to appreciate all the commentary, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so Pizzazz is like, whatever, like this, we can deal with this. We can just scrap this shitty script, like get rid of all of these outfits, get a new set. And Eric is aghast and is like, that'll double the budget. And Pizzazz is like, do you want me to call my daddy? Yeah, no, she's, it's, it's like very much like the best reversal where Eric was just like, oh, fuck off, everybody. You can be replaced. I don't need you. And then Pizzazz comes in. She's like, I want this and this and this. Like, oh, no, no, you're not going to do it? Well, you can be replaced too, motherfucker. Uh, it's it's right. so good. Yeah, it's, it's really great. Pizzazz like really pulled the daddy card on him. Yeah, yeah. And I enjoyed it. I liked it, like, you know, if you have a rich oil tycoon father who, you know, doesn't really care, uh, well, he does care, as we'll see later in the episode, but mostly doesn't, yeah, play that card when you can. <laughs> yeah, he has all this money to throw around to get you to shut up. Exactly! You might as well use that to your advantage. Yeah, pretty much. As emotionally damaging as it must be. Oh, yeah, but that's as fuck. Oh, But I think she's fucked. too deranged in the head to, like, really have any, like, emotional, like, any sorrow about oh, it. Oh, no, yeah, she's too far gone, dude. There's no saving her. No. So, in the meantime, Kimber is in the hospital with Jeff and, like, admits that she's been a bitch to him. Mm -hmm. Um, And Jeff is like, oh, yeah, don't worry about it, like... I really like you. I'd ride through fire for you. Such a good line. If anyone ever said that to me again, heart would melt. 
<laughs> really? Uh, if, I'd be like, that's so cheesy. Dude, I'm a hopeless romantic. Yeah. And they don't uh, kiss. They don't they don't kiss, they hug. Which I actually kind of like, because it seems like they generally push the kiss on this show very quickly. Um, like, Anthony Julian and Shayna kissed, like, first day, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. They just hug. It's like a, a nice, comforting, mutual respect hug. Well, I guess it's because, um, like, Kimber's pretty young, right? So maybe they didn't want to sexualize her. But they're already putting her in this romantic, like, scenario. She's, like, they've already established that Jeff is into her and Kimber wasn't into him. And now they're having, that's, like, the whole moment here. Uh, and it was all based off of that kind of romantic element, no? Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, the hug was a was an interesting choice. Yeah, there uh, it was definitely deliberate for whatever reason. I like it because you know Jeff's a good guy and giving Kimber her space and recognizes that she's maybe a little bit too young for him. Yeah, good for good for Jeff. Good we for like Jeff. Jeff. Yeah, go Jeff, dude. I'm Team Jeff. Yeah, Team Jeff. I feel like I know who you're gonna choose for baddest bitch of the episode do you do i'm gonna i might surprise you then all right yeah. well we'll talk about the other developments of the story and like let's see how you're yeah exactly we have to get through the change. episode because like i don't give it any thought until we st- until we like get to it <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's completely fair neither do i <laughs> <laughs> we have to talk about the episode and then I'm like I have it all fresh in my head and then I you know make that gut instinct decision yeah that's very true um so anyway like Jerrica is back at Starlight House yeah she's fucking reading up story to like blind AF Bonnie that girl is losing her eyesight <laughs> That girl is blind. <laughs> yeah, she's real that girl blind. Cannot see. Like they know because they they do the Bonnie's view thing. It's like, who child? Like, yeah, you glasses aren't gonna help, you know. <laughs> and anyway, like Bonnie is still holding on to this fantasy that you know Jerrica fed her. She did. Jem- Je- Jerrica did create it. Like Jen will say, like you know, solve everything, Bonnie. Don't worry about it. Yeah, and um, yeah, so Bonnie's like. So Jerrica's gonna fix, or Jem is gonna fix my eyes, right? And Jerrica's like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's gonna happen. <laughs> and then, like, afterwards with her friend, she's like, I just could not break it to her. Which is, yeah, uh, like, she has that moment, then she's also like, you know, Jem is not gonna let her down. Which, again, I think is another good instance of this, like, disassociation Jerrica has between Jem and Jerrica. Uh, and I think she does see them as two separate people. Yeah, it's really... Quite strange. Quite strange. Like, it is through her own efforts and her own determination that any of this is happening. I don't know why she doesn't credit herself more. Exactly. Like, everything Jem does, she can take credit for. Um, and she doesn't, yeah. But um, Aja, I also want to point out, in her red, like, speckled beret power suit mime clown thing... <laughs> <laughs> uh, looks great. When she goes into, like, Bonnie's room to get Jerrica, uh, I thought she looked great. Yeah, that's my favorite Aja. My favorite, sure. yeah, exactly, exactly. I kind of, ah, maybe, maybe for Gemcon I'll go as Aja in that outfit. Ooh, you know what? No one goes as Aja. So true, yeah, that's very true. Which is unfortunate, because she's actually one of the best characters. Yeah, dude, up, at least as we're rewatching it now, Aja's 100% my favorite. Everyone else sucks compared to her. It's, it's Aja and then Kimber's like a distant second. 
Yeah, Aja is definitely up there for me. Kimber and Stormer I like um, as well. But yeah, everyone else. Kind of sucks. Uh, or is the worst. But uh, I like I like Pizzazz's father. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Mr. Gabor? What's not to love? <laughs> I like a lot of the men in this show. Oh like, yeah, that's like... true. All like the minor character men are like definitely my favorite. Now, lest we forget Drama Cowboy, uh, Thick Motorcycle Cowboy, <laughs> Miguel. Right. Right, right, right. They're all pretty good. They're all great. They're all great. Anyway, so... um. Aja had to go get Jim because uh, they're having a little, you know, session to rally everyone together. Uh, and Jim kind of walks in, like, a pretty cool, like, power suit outfit. It's all purple and shit. I liked it. I do like, yeah, I like that power suit with the vest. Yeah, it was great. The vest was a nice and touch. The, and the cummerbund. She's wearing a pink cummerbund with it, too. Yeah. The details. The details. Uh, the details. So Jim is rallying everyone together to, like, make their own movie on, like, a shoestring budget. And everyone agrees to basically work for free. Uh, started by Rio and is like, you know, I'll work for free. And then everyone else is like, yeah, me too, me too. And I'm like, what? That's not how this works. Yeah. Like, what skin do you have in this game? Like, you met her on the set of another movie and you just thought she was such a great person that you would work for her for free. Right, right. But of course... No. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Jem loves her free labor, is lapping it up. Uh, <laughs> the Qu Countess de Voisin is there for some reason and then she yells, like, I'll do the costumes. And it's like, Countess, what? When were you part of this movie's process? <laughs> I know, where were you this whole time? But she looked fantastic. She looked great. She really dressed dressed for the part. Um, yeah. I really loved, like, the ruffle off the shoulder moment. Pulled back hair. She's so elegant. She is. She's a countess. I mean, come on. Yeah, she is a countess. She is a countess. Which I'm not even sure what a countess no is. No idea what that means. Uh, but good for her. Yeah, she was probably born she was into born it. In yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. She was That's super was born say. into it. <laughs> she really did nothing for that, but whatever. She rocks it. Yeah, she didn't choose that life. That life chose exactly. Her. And like we all know how that is. You feel? Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so everyone's agreeing to partake in this movie for no money, and we go to the song, which is uh, appropriately titled "Putting It All Together." Putting it all together starts. Uh, it's basically like a movie montage video. Yeah. Uh, I, for real, cannot even remember how the melody goes. All I can really <laughs> imagine is the like putting it all together, going repeated, and then people doing movie stuff. It's probably like we're putting it all together. We're making it happen. Dude, yeah, hundred percent. Some shit like that. Put some and shit. Make our dreams come true. There you go, no. there you go. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's probably like that. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's definitely it's like that. No, that was pitch perfect. That. that was pitch perfect. Um, so this movie is, this movie, this music video um, has, is going is set to that melody as Jocelyn beautifully acapellaed. But I'm not even sure that's the melody. It's, dev it's we'll close. Put it side by side. Close. Yeah, we'll put it side by side. We'll play it for you. You decide. I don't know what the fuck's going on.
all I really remember is there's a lot of like side-by-side -side faces ever as everyone is like getting ready to work or is like collaborating in this work like tons of profiles profile shots and uh, yeah. a lot of like I don't know this weird walking strut thing that Jem does it's like a walking in place dance uh right legit freaked me out dude I thought it was very unnerving <laughs> Yeah, I was like, why is she walking so hard but not getting it? I know! <laughs> she was walking so hard! And then everyone, like, pops up behind her and starts doing it with her, and it's, I don't know, it's pretty fucked up. <laughs> yeah, um, not, not great. I thought it was, like, some sort of janky moonwalk. Yeah, I, I, yeah, um, I, I couldn't tell you what they were going for, uh, but anyways... The music video is happening, and again, like, they're all making the movie, and then at the end, it has, like, a little, like, little still of gem in the movie, exclamation mark, which, uh, you know, they wrap that up really quick, real quick. Yeah, it was a super quick process. Uh, um, a, not even, maybe, like, a minute and a half. I forget how long these songs really are. Uh, like, 45 seconds? Something, no, they're longer than 45 seconds. They're, like, a minute and a half, I think. Okay, they're really there to kill time. They, exactly. The same three words over. Right, over. as in putting it all together. Technically four words, so we'll give them that. Um, so the song ends, um, and Clash is kind of like the misfit spy at this point. Um, and she drives up to the Starlight House and sees video filming there. And basically, video's like, what are you doing here? Like, what do you want, you bitch? She name drops her Constance. Clash's name is Constance. Right. She's like, yo, Constance, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> uh, which and, I liked. And, yeah, Clash is like, I heard that the holograms are making their own movie. And, like, video once again goes and tells Clash information that's going to give her, like, I don't know, like an excuse to like drum up dr more drama, right? Which is for the hologram, which is exactly what she does because she directly goes to the misfits and fucking tattles super hard, and uh, she's like telling them. And I kind of misheard when she said it, but I really liked it when she when I thought she said like Jim, the holograms are making a movie. They're gonna make you look like bony, like the bony trash you are. Um, <laughs> and I was like, whoa, that is hardcore. Because they are, like, kind of bony, you know? Like, the misfits are pretty thin. Uh, yeah, they are. But, like, okay, first of all, I have two points for that. Number one, all of them have the exact same body. That's true. They have the exact same musculature and physique. And, yeah, there are no, like, none of them are, like, a little thicker or whatever. They all have the same body. Number two, she said phony. I, she did say phony. I turned it back and then I listened again because I was like, no way they said fucking bony. Uh, <laughs> but I would have loved it if they did. Yeah, bony is so much better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then the Misfits are like, we need to spy on them to wreck their movie and Clash is like, yeah, obviously I would volunteer to do that because right. I'm your little bitch. Exactly. She's not, but she's not just a movie wrecker. She's just a wreck. Fucking hater. <laughs> yeah, she's just a complete wreck. Uh, um, and we cut to commercial, as we often do at times of uh, intense intensity. Jim will be right back after these messages. After years of taking Minnesota winter seriously, more and more people are having fun with it. Yeah, I love it. Fantastic. You're never too young to explore Minnesota. She's great. 
Now, isn't it time you had some fun with winter? Call the Minnesota Office of Tourism for free information. After years of taking Minnesota winters seriously, more and more people are having fun with it. I love it. Fantastic. You're never too young to explore Minnesota. She's great. Now, isn't it time you had some fun with winter? Call the Minnesota Office of Tourism for free information. 1-800-652-9747. You're beef watching commercials. And now, back to Jim. Um, come back. And uh, they're basically like, right, Clash, like, you're going to be our spy on the inside. And they realize, like, no, like, everyone knows what Clash looks like. To the rescue is Georgia, the bitchy makeup lady, uh, and she basically gives Clash like, a disguise makeover, manages yeah. to tame that awful hair, uh, and basically turns Clash into, like, what is, I would say, objectively, like, a, a pretty blonde girl. Yeah, she's, like, a pretty blonde girl, has a really nice, like, bodycon, purple, turtleneck, sleeveless dress. Yeah, yeah, and a, looks- and a ponytail. It's, uh, it's not, yeah. She looks fine. Yeah, she looks fine. She kind of reminds me of, like, Lindsay Pierce with a dress, like a purple dress. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I can see that. Um, And speaking of Lindsay Pierce, she's basically giving the whole, like, rundown of all the movie drama. It's like, you know, The Misfits Hit It Big versus Star Bright, which is the two movie titles, uh, as we, you know, as Lindsay Pierce tells us. Uh, And she's there, like, interviewing the Star Bright crew and... uh, Eric Sands is saying how good shit is, and Anthony Jules is there saying how good shit is. Uh, Anthony Jules. Yeah, exactly. We tight like that. Uh, <laughs> and then we cut to fucking Rio, who is wearing a sleeveless white tee with an orange dot and a thunderbolt through it, and it is yes. so fucking gay, dude. I loved it. Uh, my eyes yeah. popped. It was amazing. Yeah, it was like a crop top, right? And like sweatpants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was, like, full crop top, but it was definitely, like, it, no, no, no. It was definitely, like, like high-cut top. You saw a little midriff. Um, <laughs> and anyway, so I was, whew, I had, to, I, I had to sit down for a second, even though I was already sitting down when I saw it. Uh, and he's telling Lindsay Pierce some shit about, like, you know, he's a rocker named Johnny, that Jem makes good, which is apparently the plot of Starbright. Sounds pretty shitty. Yeah, uh, it's basically, yeah, so Anthony Julian is like, oh yeah, this isn't like an exact autobiography of Jem, but it's a very honest human interest story. <laughs> <laughs> he said that? I did not even notice. He did. I thought it was so funny. Like this movie, <laughs> they try to make so profound. Like Rio saying like, I start off as a selfish rocker, but Jem shows me how to share. <laughs> yeah, that's... Oh. <laughs> His name is Johnny though. His name is Johnny. Yeah. In the movie. I, I, I definitely noticed that part. Um, and so Kimber's very enthusiastically saying that they've written a dozen new songs for the movie. Um, and that Jerrica, and I think Jem says that Jerrica is releasing a soundtrack um, and all the proceeds will go to the Starlight House. So this is like a do-gooder operation. Yeah, it's yeah, super yeah. boring. Super, yeah whack as fuck <laughs> not down for this movie but you know they gotta they gotta save bonnie's eyeballs dude 
what it's for. Yeah. And just as I was about to die from like how bland everything was, um, the Misfit song "Welcome to the Jungle" starts. Ooh, child, we love this song. <laughs> Um, so like, like before we dive in, like we do cut back to the misfits and they're like, you know, their movie set has gone apeshit. Like literally there's like orangutans and tigers and stuff. Uh, and Pizzazz is basking. And then like we go to welcome in the jungle, which I get, guess is the plot of their movie. Um, they're in a, who knows dude, but this song is trippy and like so good. There's an animal on the loose. She's a creature on the Central American jungle. There are like Mayan pyramids or whatever, um, and there are a lot of huts. And the misfits are wearing grass skirts, and like Pizzazz is crawling around on the ground. Oh yeah, Pizzazz is basically feral in this video. Yeah, <laughs> Pizzazz is basically an animal. A large wow. cat. A large cat. A large wild cat. Uh, Stormer and Roxy are just doing this like silhouette light fire. No, 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 no. They're like. Uh, Pizzazz is doing the silhouette light fire dance thing, which is super intense and crazy. Because uh, also, like, the like the music for this song is like, Welcome to the jungle! <laughs> so it's, like, kind of creepy sounding, too. Oh my god, do you think they just, like, copied the Guns N' Roses song? Oh, maybe. The, the voice is a little similar. Yeah, and so is the name of the song. So is the name of the song, yes. Also true. This song is way better. Way better. A thousand times better, obviously. <laughs> you have that silhouette light fire dance thing. Yeah, and like Roxy and Stormer are like pounding away on bongo drums. Right, and sometimes they're like a ghost. Yeah. They like kind of like, and... they have like a spectral vibe at some point. Yeah. And honestly, I kept thinking to myself that this is probably racist. 100% it is. 100% it is. Because Pizzazz is going after, like, Pizzazz as a savage beast, as a, like, like Central American native, um, is, like, praying after some colonial explorer. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It seemed a little bit racist. It is a little bit racist, but also, I guess, inherently ridiculous. Uh, True. so, like, I think it gets a pass, you know? Like, what is happening? Yeah, you really can't hold this show accountable because... It's just, it's... No one was thinking. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, like, True. some level... Well, I guess not... Like, I guess racism doesn't necessarily... Uh, rational thought isn't a prerequisite for racism. We're, not, no. we're definitely not saying that. We're not definitely not saying that. But, welcome to the jungle... On paper racist, in practice, I'm giving a shrug. Yeah, yeah, I give a hard shrug to that. Uh, I just thought it needed to be addressed in this cultural climate. Of course, of course. You know, you gotta SJW sometimes, because uh, yeah. if you're not gonna be the warrior, who will, Jocelyn? 
Yeah, I need to pay lip service to that cause occasionally. <laughs> occasionally. So occasionally. <laughs> so people don't think I'm a bad person. Right, right, right. I should probably do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to be more calculating about these things, Michael. You're right, you're right, you're right. I should, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, be cold and calculating in my trying to be a good person uh, rather than <laughs> be a good person, I suppose. <laughs> I, I I only do good deeds on public display. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Why would I ever do a good deed without like recording it and putting it in my Instagram story? Or, you know, some sort of, yeah, social media on a podcast, if you will. Uh, mm-hmm. There is no point. You're right. That's why I just exactly. don't do good things, dude. Exactly. That's not true. Um, I try to, I, uh, you be the judge of that. You know what? No, not, you're a good person. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. Yeah. No, no, you're a good person. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I, and I know that, and I know that, and I, uh, uh, I don't need to see, seek external validation for it. All right. Well, that's very healthy. Thank you. I try. <laughs> well, anyway, moving on. <laughs> moving on to this episode that I guess we're talking about. So... The episode ends ends with Pizzazz doing this like gigantic jump into Nick's arms. Nick being the uh, the colonial explorer guy in this video, so I give her props for her mad hops. Um, <laughs> but they then fall into a pool after like a lion scares them or something, and uh, Nick gets super super pissed off. He's like, "This is fucking ridiculous." I don't want this, you know, crazy woman here. I don't have to put up with this circus, and he's out. Uh, and Pizzazz calls him a gutless jerk. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah Which yeah. is accurate. It is accurate. He is pretty fucking gutless. And a jerk, yeah. Yeah, and um, so basically after that, Clash gets on set um, of Jem's movie in her full disguise. And she gets on set very easily. She's just like... I'm a friend of a friend of Jem, yeah. and the lady just lets her in. Yeah, like, easy breezy. Uh, and I, I also just kind of, like, while this is happening, Rio's doing, like, a stage fighting lesson with somebody. Uh, and I was just like, oh, Rio doesn't need stage acting, stage act fighting, or whatever the fuck you call it. Like, he'll just fight you for fucking real, because that's how Rio rolls. <laughs> He's violent. Well, that's, yeah, well, Jeff was teaching him how to, like, hit, like fake hit someone. He's only, like... He's only used to, like, really hitting people. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, so Clash is there. She gets in super, super easily. Uh, She's stealing some rope. She's stealing some costumes. She's stealing some equipment. Um, She goes to, like, a car thing. Yeah. And then she dips. Well, not before. um, I guess it's Jeff, like, comes up to video and is like, hey, like, here is the recording for the recording of... Jerica's or Jem's accident. Right, right, and right, right, right. Clash overhears this and then basically steals the videotape out of Video's bag. Which kind of already didn't like video trick uh Clash through Jem's accident video like an episode ago? Yeah, she did. Yeah, okay, alright. So we're just we're at the full circle here. Uh yeah. perfect. <laughs> um so Clash does that, and then we go back to the misfits, and Pizzazz is making Georgia, the makeup lady, like, super pissed. She's basically like, oh, screw you. Like, I'll do it myself. Uh, Georgia calls Pizzazz a snit. I don't know what that is. Yeah. But it's a sick <laughs> line. Uh, I don't like that word at all. It, I, yeah, it sounds like, I don't know. It sounds like a little, like, female genitalia. Like a snatch and a clit. Exactly. A snit. 
<laughs> I don't like that. I don't like it at all. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, Pizzazz doesn't really stop there. Um, she and the gang are basically bitches to everyone on set, including the costume designer, the set designer, and 10 people quit in the same day. Yeah, like, everyone just fucking, like, gets the fuck out of there. Yeah, including the leading man, so, like, this movie is in danger. Um, and basically, like, Georgia storms out, she's, like, done with the misfits, and, um, she goes to the gem and the hologram set because I don't know, like there are only two jobs in this town apparently. Exactly. <laughs> like, and she, with yeah. this movie, you have to go there. Or she like knew where it was, I guess. Like maybe just like everyone else she knew from the other movie, like told her to go there. I don't know. She gets there real quick though. Yeah. And basically she kind of grovels and is like, sorry, I talked so much shit about you. Sorry. I thought you were a conceited bitch. Like, sorry, da 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 I don't know, like, the but, thing is, like, I she is, like, sucking up a little bit, but I do love Georgia's style of, like, I don't know, I think she'd make a good Game of Thrones character. She just, like, only allies herself with people who, like, doesn't piss her off and, like, will pay her money, I guess. You know, she uh, she has a uh, fluid allegiances. Yeah, she's kind, kind of a wild card. Wild card Georgia, uh, that's what they call her. Yep. <laughs> And, um, basically asks for a job, um, and Jem, I guess, is like, whatever, like, it's totally fine, you have to work for free. Yeah, exactly, exactly, I'm getting free labor out of you anyway, so like, sure, work for me. Um, and then, in, while all of this is going on, everyone realizes that all their equipment is gone, and Georgia is like, that bitch in the corner is Clash. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everyone's like, where did it go? George is like, oh, maybe that bitch in the corner took it. That's Clash over there. Everyone's like, oh, shit. But, like, my question is, how did Clash, like, upon seeing Georgia not, like, run out of the room since Georgia did her fucking makeup? That is true, but maybe Clash couldn't quite hear their conversation, and she was a little bit like, oh, okay, like, Georgia, she's a real bitch, she's just coming over here to fuck shit up, too. Let's see how this plays out. True. Um, so, when Clash is called out, we get the requisite car chase. Right, 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 right. But, but, but before this, I just want to point out um, another exemplary example, uh, sure, of great animation, because Rio's back, with that same shirt in the scene, but now it has sleeves. But then when they like dash off to go get Clash because she's running away to her car, he has no sleeves again. But then they go out to the alleyway, he does, and then he doesn't. Uh, <laughs> it's like a weird, he has like, he has no sleeves, he has white sleeves. He has no sleeves, he has white sleeves. Uh, it, uh, it didn't work. <laughs> it's like, you, you can notice. Yeah. I mean, like the whole, all the animation was a mess this this episode like from the very beginning like their faces would change shapes their eyes would be completely different <laughs> i really like when the faces change shapes it, it is haunting you know like at one point like they have slits for eyes and next they have like big anime eyes and next their eyes are like on like running away from each other um i don't know it's it's weird it's um, so super and like weird. gems Jem's weird moonwalk or like walking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Power like crushing stones walk. 
Skulls. Yeah, Searching skull. skulls. It was definitely the skulls of her enemies. It was that kind of walk. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Back to the unnecessary gem car chase. This time featuring Rio and Video in basically what is a monster truck. Uh, right. And, you know, they're going after Clash because she's getting away. And uh, a truck passes Aja slams on the brakes in true Aja fashion and they like they don't hit it which I thought was interesting because they actually fully stop and they're in no danger when we go to commercial and I was like oh interesting choice well I thought you were gonna pull the classic are they gonna stop uh, go to commercial and then you know of course they've already stopped moving uh yeah that was a missed opportunity missed opportunity for a moment of suspense anyway. so so it keeps happening and uh you know they're they're chasing them and I actually I do appreciate the background music is like a horn style instrumental making mischief, like the Misfit song. So in the background, you got like na 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 some shit like that. It was very making mischiefy. observation thank you you gotta listen to the music it's all about the music in this show you know they uh it's all about the music music is magic as we've heard from jen before that's at the end of the day that's why we're all here (laughs) (laughs) yep yeah sure 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 sure. uh so to get to clash to stop in this high speed chase synergy makes like a giant tree in the middle of the street which you actually get kind of a cool, like, different, pers- like, like perspectives of Clash, like, driving through it. She's, like, terrified, closes her eyes, and she drives through, and the screen splits into, like, three or four to give you, like, different angles. I actually, like, kind of yes. like that. I thought it was kind of cool. Um, but then, sure. of course, the tree, which is an illusion, then dissipates. No one seems to notice. Clash doesn't even yeah. say, like, what happened to that giant tree that was in the middle <laughs> of, the, of the street. Rio and yeah, Video, who are just behind, make no comment. Right. Uh, and it's confusing. It's a little confusing, yeah. Um, so anyway, um, the car stops. They surround Clash. Um, Clash jumps out and runs away. And they take all their stuff back. Um, and Jeff takes the video straight to the Union. Right, 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 right. Straight to the Unions, to the people who have yeah. to see it. The power of the people. Right, you right, You know, I right. really like the power of the working class part of the show you know this is a very like bootstraps kind of show right yeah and we're also we're very pro-union at gem girls as well we're very (laughs) pro-union i also want that on the public record yeah (laughs) i'm no scab though we are (laughs) yeah no we don't believe in exploiting workers we believe in collective agreements yeah. You know, the whole shebang. The whole shebang. You know, some light socialism, you know? Uh, yeah. Anyways, so, uh, they yeah, Clash runs for her life. They get the shit back. Uh, over at the Misfits movie, Pizazz is literally, like, losing her shit. She's slamming guitars. She's going nuts. Uh, yeah, because, yeah, because she finds out that Clash uh, wasn't successful in sabotaging their movie. Yeah, Clash fucked up. Pizazz is super pissed. Um... And then we go to back to Starbright, where it's a music room scene one, I don't know, take one, some shit like that. Music room scene. Uh, Rio's back. She's, he's wearing that fucking shirt, but now it's in a slightly different color with a white rose. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comes into the scene with a white rose for Jem. I, I kind of liked it. 
Johnny is, or no, Rio's acting as Johnny, who's basically the same person, like some disgruntled <laughs> male. Right, because Jem is like, oh, I love roses. And Rio's like, looks like you got enough men sending them. Yeah, I was like, whoa, the fuck, Johnny or Rio, whoever this might be. <laughs> such a Rio thing to say. Exactly, like, exactly. Did he write that himself? Yeah, he was He was improvising, you know? He, was, he really found the character. I just had, like, the most brilliant thought. Go ahead. Do you think that the room was based on the scene? Oh, wow. You think? Yeah, the room with Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, like, a disgruntled man who, like, loves this woman who's not that great, really. (laughs) Or special. (laughs) He's always bringing her roses. His name is Johnny. I can't remember if I said that already. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah. No, dude, I I get it. The the parallels are there. And I wouldn't (laughs) put it past... Johnny Wiseau to happen to have watched one gem episode <laughs> in the 80s and it incepted his mind and like that seed like this already crazy problematic seed blossomed into what is the hot mess of the room right I don't know I could see it happening like he's just that weird exactly uh if not in this timeline Jocelyn a timeline a timeline, a timeline. <laughs> it's definitely happened with somewhere in the multiverse. Yeah, let's, here's hoping. Here's hope. No, um, yeah, for, it's for sure, dude, for sure. Um, so while this whole scene is going on, Nick storms the movie set and is like, surprise, like, gem sweet thing. I'm here to save you from amateurs. Yeah, Just- uh, <laughs> still such, such a fucking creep about it. But also, like, who says amateur that way? Yeah. Uh, amateur. Amateur. He didn't say amateur. Yeah, he just mispronounces the word. Amateur. Amateur. Yeah, I was not living for that. Have some <laughs> class. Have some sophistication. Yeah, fuck Nick. You hillbilly trash. <laughs> and um, he's basically like, just for you, I will work for half my usual price. And Gem is like, well, surprise, bitch, because everyone here is working. <laughs> the price is free, free, motherfucker. Take half of free? Sure. Like, what? Yeah, no. I know, I know. Um, but, uh, you know, Jem yeah, kind of le- like plays into it. She's like, oh, yeah, you can work here. Dun, 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 dun. If you work for free and dun, 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 and, you know, get some to storm off, basically. All I know is that it ends with Rio saying, Jem, you're the greatest, and they kiss, and I fucking hated it. I hated that too because it's like, why, like, what are you talking about? What about your real girlfriend? Exactly, dude. Yeah, I'll never get over that. (laughs) Whatever. This whole thing's such a shit show. Such a shit show. Uh, Anyway, so we cut back to the misfits and they're still on set. Um, They're filming a scene, which I can't remember what it is. I think it's a concert, right? Yeah, I think so too because they just finished playing Welcome to the Jungle or some shit. Right. And it gets interrupted by. Uh, representatives from the Producers Guild, the Directors Guild, the Stuntman's Union, like, all these unions, all these guilds. Yeah, so and... before before we before we get into, like, the substance of the scene, I just want to point out the facial hair on the Actors Guild guy. It is sideburns that curve into a mustache. Whoa. Yeah, so, dude. So, like, a handlebar mustache, like, connects to no more no it's much more it starts at the sideburns goes down to like the end of the face then shoots up into like a thin mustache 
That's a lot. It's, I, yeah, I, I personally hated it. It's somebody's look. It's this guy's look. Uh, he doesn't, eh, maybe he rocks it, but I'm just pointing it out. It was a lot. Yeah. A lot of, there was a lot of different facial hair in this episode. Um, and in the show in general, they really do pay attention to the details of men's fashion and facial hair. Yeah, or at least the possibilities one can uh, employ on one's face. Uh, I, I don't always think they're the, the best use, but a lot of mustaches, so that's good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we got the we got the various guilds up in up in the scene, uh, <laughs> basically slamming on air for ba- essentially putting people's lives in danger, which is great because it's true and it's about damn time someone came through for this. Uh, yeah. And Eric is like he's in a, he's in a jam here. He has really no no way out. And Pizzazz is seeing this all going on. She's like, you know what? I don't give a shit anymore. Like I'm done with this movie, so it's all good. Like sucks to suck, Eric. I'm out. Uh, which, <laughs> poor Eric, dude. He puts up with a lot of shit. Yeah, yeah. He, like, he definitely gets pushed around by the misfits. And, like, the misfits were basically saying, like, I'm, like, too tired and lazy to film anymore anyway. Exactly. So just use what we already have and make something out of it. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the best response in the world. And then, like, of course their movie is shit afterwards. Um... So yeah, uh, the last scene of the Holograms movie, because we cut back, there's always like a back and forth between the two bands, just to drive home how good the Holograms are and how bad the Misfits are, because right. otherwise we wouldn't get we it. We wouldn't get it, we wouldn't get it, nor wouldn't we get it without a song by the Holograms, literally called People Who Care, <laughs> um, which is like... <laughs> The mood, it's like two helpings of weak sauce on like a, a pie of who gives a fuck. <laughs> That's a perfect description. Uh, the yeah. lyrics are so cheesy. Like, I swear to God, I wrote them down. People who care can help make a change. Set people free by helping people to see. Which is a cue to Bonnie's eyeballs. <laughs> right. Like, how heavy handed, like... Like, why does it always have to come back to eyes? Um, a lot of, yeah, and this, and this video is like eyeballs on eyeballs on eyeballs. Uh, yeah. It is a lot of eyeballs. <laughs> and then another lyric from the song is, Caring people are people with dreams who go to extremes to fight for those dreams. Um, yes, I also wrote that down. I really didn't know what it said. I was like, people will go to extremes to dream and fight for their dreams. Like, what the fuck are you saying? What, what is it again? Give it to me one more time. Caring people are people with dreams <laughs> who go to extremes to fight for those dreams. Yeah, yeah, they, that, that lyric can go fuck itself. Like <laughs> um, right? That's awful. Yeah, I would agree, and I think it just, like, it really does further demonstrate how boring and, like, vanilla Gem and the Holograms are, that, again, this is the end of their movie. It's a little closing scene of their Hollywood film is a song called People Who Care, and people who care (laughs) have dreams 
and they'll go to extremes to fight for their dreams. Uh, yeah, what a great way to sum up that movie. And Anthony Julian apparently is very pleased with this, and he calls it a wrap. Yeah, calls it a wrap. And All good. Everyone is super happy about it. Um, and then we cut back to World Studios, which is where the Misfits and Raymond, Eric Raymond, are like, where they have their own studio. Um, and they're throwing a party. Um, and Pizzazz is like, this movie is a masterpiece. Like, this movie is the shit. We killed it. <laughs> Which, I gotta admire her confidence. Or just, you know, her the pure delusion uh, she's indulged her, into herself. Right. And um, so then Mr. Gabor, her dad, comes storming in and is demanding Eric. Um, and it's just like, Eric, you've cost me a fortune. I'm getting fines and lawsuits up the wazoo from a bunch of unions, which obviously he hates. All right, he's anti-union, of course. Mr. Yeah, Gabor, he's Mr. a tycoon. Gabor, he's a tycoon, anti-union. I get love it. Love him anyway. I love him anyway. Like, I get it, dude. I get it. It's who you are. <laughs> and he's basically harping on about all the millions. Yeah, and he basically says, like, indulging pizzazz is one thing, but losing a bunch of money is, like, a lot worse, buddy. Uh, I love his parenting style. It's great. Yeah. Um, he, like, only cares about millions. He doesn't care about the fact that his daughter is, like, actually a homicidal maniac. Yeah, he's trying to catch millions, not trying to catch feelings. Like, whatever. Mr. Gabor. <laughs> Straight Lizzoing, you know? Right. Um, what is that, like, future line? Do you listen to future? No, I do not. It's like, Percocet, Molly Percocet, chase a check. Never chase a bitch. That's like how <laughs> All right. Mr. Gabor sees like That's true, yeah. Um anyways, so Mr. Gabor puts uh Sands, Eric Sands, whatever the fuck his name is. Howard Sands. Uh, Howard Sands. Howard Sands. Howard Stern. Howard Stern, as we like to call him over here at Gem Girls. Uh the Sands man. He's back in charge. And um, then we go to yes. Bonnie's surgery because of course we care about this. I Completely, I really forgot. Well, I didn't forget about it in this episode because we had a lot of eyeballs just thrown at us. Um, <laughs> but anyways, so yeah, Jerrica's like and, signing some shit, basically, yeah. and the uh, the doctor is saying to her like, if you can't pay for this, you might lose your fucking mansion. And Jerrica, which, which is like, it, the, I know, yeah, exactly. I also call this though. Like the surgery is a two hundred fifty thousand dollars. That mansion must be worth a lot more. It's a fucking mansion. Right, exactly. Unless it's, like, in Toledo, Ohio. <laughs> it might be. I don't fuck... I, again, do not know where this is set, or so... In, or in Detroit, like, Gary, Indiana, some, like, crumbling, like, Rust Belt city. Right. I don't know. Uh, but anyways, but anyway. everything's on the line for Jerrica, and she really needs that fucking movie money to make sure she doesn't lose her house and all the orphans living in it, because, you know, someone had to have her fucking eyeballs. But anyways... <laughs> Someone inconvenienced us exactly. with the need for eyeballs. Exactly. You didn't need eyeballs, Bonnie. A lot of people don't have eyeballs. Just saying. <laughs> uh, we go to the movie premiere, and this is like the big night. And uh, again, because everything's a competition between Gem the Holograms and the Misfits, these are apparently the only movies to watch uh, on this <laughs> on this eve evening. And one side of the street, you got the Misfits movie. On one side of the street, you got the, the Star Bright movie, which I don't know why the theaters wouldn't be both playing, both be playing the movies. Right. Uh, but anyways, so a lot of people are actually going for both. And 
they're also opening on the same night, which I feel, again, if the Misfits were worried about it or the Holograms were worried about it, they should have opened on separate nights. But anyways. I agree. Yeah. The crowd is, like, really going insane for the Misfits movie, uh, at least the start, and, like, Gem and the Holograms are a little bit worried about it. Uh, but then, as a little bit of time passes, people are coming out of the movie and they fucking hate the Misfits movie. Probably for a lot of the reasons that we pointed out earlier, it wasn't really finished. It was kind of a whole mess. Um, but they love the gem movie. Fucking shocker. Um, and I actually do really love, because we see all these random people, and they're in some, like, killer fucking outfits, dudes. It's peak 80s insanity on what they're wearing. It's great. Yeah, they all look pretty great, um, for sure. Like, they have great taste in fashion. Do they have great taste in movies? Obviously I don't not. know. Obviously not. Obviously not. Like, one yeah. guy's even like, I'm gonna go see it again. It's like, for real, dude? Uh, okay. Yeah, one of them is like, I'm gonna see it again tonight. Yeah. And then goes back in line. Who yeah. does that? Who does? I don't know. People who care? People who care are people with dreams. And yeah, they go to like, dreams to fight for their dreams. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that old gemism. Yeah, I feel like that one's gonna stick. Oh, for sure, for sure. I've already, I already can't get it out of my fucking head. Although I'm gonna yeah, say, I'm gonna say it wrong every single time. Like people with dreams are extreme, and they'll fight for their dreams. <laughs> He's gonna start <laughs> and end with dreams. Right, you have to rhyme dream with dream, <laughs> which you know I can do. Yes, quite simple. <laughs> it's the same word again, so I got it. Um... <laughs> So anyone, everyone's shitting on the Misfits movie as they're celebrating the Starbright film, which I kind of feel bad for the Misfits a little bit. That must be a shitty feeling. Yeah, but it's also entirely their fault. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They should have seen it coming, but uh, I would feel bad in the moment, I guess, if that was happening to me. But of course that wouldn't happen to me. My, my film would be perfect. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So basically, eventually we get to a part, I don't know, maybe there's a time jump. I don't fucking know. But Jericho gets, like, a big old check for $250,000 from the movie money. Uh, exactly $250,000. Exactly. $250,000. Exactly. Like, no no dollar more, no dollar less. Uh, <laughs> that's exactly how much she needed. That's exactly how much she got. Just like how it happens in real life. Right, exactly. Uh, and then I don't really know why, but we... I only just... I have it written down in my notes where we see that weird gem strut walk thing again. I I didn't understand it the first time. They must have thought it was really great, so they had to. No, 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 no. I know what happens. I know what happens. Fucking, um, Bonnie has her eyeballs, and she goes to see Starbright, and so there's a little bit like a montage of, like, different scenes from the movie, and we see that fucking walk from that music video. Um, and I, it just ends, like, someone, like, asks Bonnie, like, oh, like, how do you like it? Or, like, how does it look? Or some shit like that. And she's like, it's the best thing I've ever seen. And I'm... <laughs> Truly a little bit sad for Bonnie if that movie's the best thing you've ever seen, dude. It's pretty fucked up. I know, but maybe it's like the weight of the fact that this movie paid for her eyeballs. That is true. I would look upon it with favor if it saved my eyeballs. <laughs> right. I'll give her that. I'll, I'll give her that one. Yeah. I don't know. And, like, she's a child. She still has many years to see many things now. So, yeah. like, hopefully moving forward, she will find other things that are the best things. And also, seen. like, be a little bit more appreciative about her eyeballs. Right. Be like, God bless you, Lord of eyeballs. Exactly. 
Lord of Eyeballs. Um, I love it. That sounds terrifying. And that sounds really scary, and I kind of want to be that. Me really. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just, like, have that as, like, one of my, like, regal titles. Michael Delamonte, uh, <laughs> you know, Warden of the Land, Lord of Eyeballs. <laughs> or Michael, Lord of Eyeballs, Delamonte. <laughs> Lord Michael of Eyeballs? Uh, all right. Maybe on, like, fancy occasions. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, I could, I could see it. I could see it. Would you have eyeballs, like, everywhere on your body? Like, I dangling? Not dangling. They would be, like, I, I would be more like a socket situation, but I would, I would have eyeballs everywhere. Uh, particularly on, like, my, like, the, the, the backs of my hand and the palms of my hand, for sure. Maybe eyeballs on each of my, like, fingertips. Tiny ones. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously one on my forehead. That would be like my most powerful one when I have to like, I don't know, do some psychic shit. Uh, <laughs> a giant one on my chest that shoots a laser, perhaps. What about nipples? Ooh. <laughs> like your nipples rival. <laughs> I didn't think of it, but yes, of course, Jocelyn. <laughs> my butthole would also be an eyeball. <laughs> You'd be able to see when... You're getting penetrated. Whoa, okay, Jocelyn. <laughs> I know. I like, can't. yeah, I would, but also, did you have to say it? You'd also see when you're pooing. That's, yeah, that's also pretty true. There's some pros and cons, you know? Yeah. Just living it up yeah. like a load of eyeballs, you know? Um, <laughs> so, that's, that's it for the plot of this episode, but of course, we have to, um... Name the uh, baddest bitch and biggest bitch of the episodes. <laughs> oh, yes, of course. So, um, I, my nomination, as, of course, it was, you know, previewed earlier, like, oh, you're gonna be surprised by my choice. Who knows? Don't know what's gonna be. Uh, <laughs> I'm giving it to Jim. Uh, Jim had some, like, strong moments in this episode where she wasn't a weak bitch about things. She really, like, took things into her hands and... You know, of course, like, save the day, but mainly just for her ripping into Eric. I thought that was uh, a bad bitch moment. She rarely gets them, so she gets my uh, nod this week. Yeah, and I feel like she used her own strengths more than synergy this episode. Very true. She only did that one, like, tree trunk trick. Right. Um, wow, that's a triple TR. Yeah, I was surprised I was actually able to say it. Uh, yeah, that's, that's impressive. Um, yeah, she definitely was, like the most independent she's ever been in the show so far. Like, she never relied on Synergy very much. She never relied on Rio to get her through. Like, she was determined to get things done, and she made it happen. Um, yeah. But, I mean, do you have any other noms? I mean, Jeff was also pretty great. That's true. Um, he, was a, he was a real bad bitch. I'll give him that. Yeah, but, like, the thing is, he wasn't there for the... Th full episode he wasn't there throughout the entire thing he was great in the first two minutes but then kind of disappeared yeah strong opening jeff but you petered off towards the end so uh i don't know if we can give it to you yeah so i think jem jerica is probably the best choice that i'm not i'm specifically leaving it to jem not jerica okay fair jem not jer uh sorry jer uh you're a little square you know what you feel <laughs> Uh, fair enough. So, Jem is our, uh, is our bad bitch, but, um, who are we going for with biggest bitch? 
Ooh. There are so many options. Yeah, so, I mean, of course, Nick comes to mind. He was a huge bitch, but also, like, equally, like, such a weak bitch. Um, Georgia would be is, like, a fun option because, you know, she's playing everyone, run, uh, playing everyone down the middle, really just looking out for number one. Mm-hmm. Um, Pizzazz uh, really freaked the Pizazz. fuck out in this episode with hardcore. Um... She wasn't any worse than she normally is, though. That's true. But she also had Welcome to the Jungle, which is just, I don't know. I, it's not, the song wasn't bitchy in the slightest, but um, it was just uh, it, was it was just pretty fun. unhinged. Yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> unhinged is the word. Manic, <laughs> one might say. I would say manic. <laughs> yeah. That's the word to describe pizzazz. Yeah, also true. Um, clash? Yeah, Clash. I mean, of course, Clash. Uh, I feel like she always should be included uh, in being, like, a general, you know, nuisance and bitch. But, um, uh... No, she, well... Like, she did some she stuff. Just, she did some stuff. She did, she did some stuff. She wasn't, like, particularly successful at doing any of the things that she was supposed to do. Right, She's not right. very wily or, like, really that clever. And she, she was in a disguise. She wasn't in a disguise for half the episode, she wasn't, so she wasn't quite as visually offensive. Uh, right. <laughs> so, yeah, that lessens the impact, and I feel like her credentials here. I, yeah, it's really hard to say. I mean, like, Rio's always an option for me. <laughs> yeah, uh, he really is. <laughs> Um, but Eric Raymond. Eric no, Raymond. Eric Raymond was like the saddest bitch. I know. Episode. I know. That poor guy. Uh, he's just trying to make money, dude. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm giving it to Nick. I'm giving it to Nick. We'll probably never see him again. This might be our last chance to um, demonstrate his uh, his weak sauce behavior and yeah. uh, basically just kind of being a creep. Yeah, a creep. Very cowardly. Very entitled. Um, yeah, thinks he's the shit when he's really not that great. Yeah, you ain't, um, you ain't, you ain't, boy. Yeah, no, he, he's nothing. He's the, he's nothing but the biggest bitch of this episode. Yeah, biggest little bitch, you know? He's the biggest of the little bitches. Yeah. <laughs> and there were a lot of, like, bitches in this episode, let's be real. Oh, 100%. But, yeah. uh, Nick, you're a man, and, uh, with that, we come to the close of Another Gem Girls, it seems. Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you so much for listening, my people, our people. Our Gembryos, um, the, uh, the our fellow, gem-brios. our fellow Gemissaries. Yeah. Um, we really appreciate the listen. <laughs> oh, let's not sound desperate here, all right? <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, if you would, please rate us or review us wherever you find us on podcasts. Give us them five stars. You know you love this. Uh, perfect <laughs> is how I would describe this podcast. So you should as well. Or if one hundred percent perfect, one hundred percent professional. <laughs> super fesh, super purse. Uh, to abbreviate it for you, um, or just you know. Uh, indulge in our flights of fancy and make us, make us think we're perfect and just give us the five stars either way, whatever, even if you don't think it. Yeah. 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 Um, but anyway, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Both are at Gem Girls Podcast. I'm Hakuna Matitis. 
and I am Orifice Jones. But otherwise, I think that uh, is enough gem for everyone for tonight or today or whenever you listen to this. Until next time, stay outrageous. Stay outrageous.